random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents. Uh, uh, A repeat of something we've not done before. Pretend I'm doing hand signs for this because this is our one and done encompassing show talking about Echo. Echo. Uh, Echo. Yeah, good enough. So, you know, in a hallway. I don't know. Well, I'll figure it out. You know, in a bathroom. I'll figure it out off mic. At, you know, it's the acoustics. Because like, you know, like we have you know moon splaining for Mooney. We got uh, legal counsel for Shulky, which by the way may not be getting a second season. But you know, we'll talk about that in a moment. But this this one we're talking about the all one and done pump and dump of Echo and it's five in one. It's available over on uh, the award winning Disney Plus as well as Hulu. Or if you have Hulu, you can be able to watch. Oh, so many things. For example, if you have Hulu and Disney Plus, this is my little uh, shameless advertisement. You can watch Bluey and Mash on the same platform. Who wouldn't want to do that? I don't know about that first one. It's pretty great, just like uh, Peacock, where I can watch my wrestling in Columbo, and I love Columbo. You do? I actually do. I completely, unironically love Columbo. I never it's told you. It's not a. I think you have. Yeah, Peter Falk rules. It's I love. Not that a guy. bad brand of yogurt either. Oh, quiet. But you know, it's funny in regards to Sir. this show that we're talking about, Echo. It's, it's gotten a lot of reactions from people on social media. Some are, you know, saying like, it is one of the best things to come out of the MCU because it is very adjacent to the Netflix shows, which we're going to talk about momentarily. And some are just like, I don't like it. And that's perfectly fine. Because to be completely honest, ladies and gentlemen, I really don't remember Echo in the comic books all too much. Echo's recently made a resurgence uh, recently in a miniseries over at Marvel, The House of Ideas, uh, Daredevil and Echo, which was written by Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas, fun fact. But it is a character. Echo is a character. She's, you know a part of the daredevil, you know, street-level vigilantes. And I don't have much experience with the character. I really haven't read much of the Brian Michael Bendis run, for example, where I know she does uh, run around a little bit. Mm -hmm. She made her debut in Daredevil number nine, I want to say, from the Marvel Knights run, which I think I own. (laughs) Like, I got it years ago for, like, I think a quarter or something. Me too. I'm probably... It's in the list. It's in the pile. And now it's, like, a two to $300 book or something. No. Which which is understandable, but it's, like, you know, that's how the market works, baby. But what I love is this is a character that I'll be completely honest. This would be, like... And I'm I'm going right now through the uh, Avengers. I'm going through, like, 1960... I'm, like, currently, as of this recording, in 1968. And... It would be like, let's say, you make your entire next wave about the villain Typhon, T-Y-P-H-O-N, right? Not typhoon. You make, you make him the villain of like a big slate of films. Like, it's kind of like that. Like, you t- pluck out this character that, you know, they're there. They're known. And maybe there's like a gigantic fandom for Echo. I don't know. I'll be honest. I kind of don't care. <laughs> 
that's just me being brutally honest. Out of your wheelhouse. Yeah, and that's perfectly kind fine. Kind of thing, yeah. But I'm sure they, we, Alakwa Cox, the actress, has tapped into. Who is friggin' fantastic in a show, new, by the way. Uh, there's a new audience here. This is, in, in a sense, you have to respect it as being somewhat groundbreaking. The first deaf and first female indigenous superhero in Marvel Studios. That is uh, the 10th television series in the MCU. Now, is it the 10th, Eddie? Because That's you got to realize. So let's talk about what was just announced this past month, mm-hmm. give or take, last week or so, right? 2024 was it? No. So when they announced that this show was happening, you know, Disney Plus goes all out. For example, like what's, let's say when the Guardians movie came out. They will make collections of little things on there that you can, you know, like watch all of these things in one fell swoop or, you know, go through them and check them out. Like, or when, you know, the Obi-Wan show comes out, it shows, it gives you the ability to watch Clone Wars, gives you the ability to watch Rebels episodes that has Obi-Wan in it, as well as all of the Star Wars movies, both Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness showing. Sir Alec Guinness, by the way. So they do stuff like that. So when this show was coming out, they added a new thing in there. For the longest time, whoa, oh, oh. Billy Joel. They ended up taking the Disney Netflix shows, meaning the Street Vigilante characters, Daredevil, The Defenders, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and they had them like in a legacy kind of thing, meaning they're canon, but or no, they're no longer canon, but they're whatever. You know, you can watch them if you want, but they really don't have an effect on what's going on. Alongside things like the original X-Men movies, like the Spider-Man movies, which recently got added not too long ago. Mm-hmm. All these different things, you know, they don't matter per se. And that's, again, it's not connected, whatever. So, Echo debuts on the award-winning Disney+, Plus and also on Hulu. I don't have a thing for Hulu yet. I really don't, you know, think of nicknames for that. But when it came to this, they changed up the timeline, if you notice. Because as a result, this show features the character Echo alongside, you know, her uh, former guardian, Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, and a fight involving somebody from Hell's Kitchen, Durder, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. With that, a bunch of shows got moved into the Disney Plus Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline canon. And... Holy shit, it was like watching the Ewoks at the end of Return of the Jedi. Just nothing but yub-nub people going around celebrating because this further adds more fuel to the fire of the hashtag save Daredevil campaign. This means all of this now is a part of the MCU. And a lot of people on the internet are going, oh, we, we knew this already. Bullshit. Because, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, like I prefaced earlier... All of that stuff was listed in a quote-unquote non-canon category, and it was not a part of the official timeline as indicated on the little slider thing where you see all the different things. You're seeing that, I think, one of the Daredevil seasons next to Avengers Age of Ultron or something. And then, you know, I think uh, Defenders was next to uh, Spider-Man Homecoming or whatever. But all of this stuff is a part of the timeline now. And now... A lot of stuff is going on in regards to that, meaning the actress who plays Karen Page and the actress, the actor who plays Foggy Nelson, well, apparently they're going to be a part of the upcoming Daredevil Born Again season that's coming up, I think, next year or the year after. It's, it's going to be a while. We mm-hmm. just know that because mm-hmm. of, you know, the strike and everything. 
but again, Eddie yourself, you might not even know you might not have even known they weren't going to be a part of it. But there were when there when the strike was going on, apparently there was a lot of viewings, you know, the Disney high up muckety mucks watching and being like, eh, that doesn't really work. We you know we need like a little bit more oomph to this. It, it it was to me something that came in and went in and out. Like if you happen to catch a Disney Plus series or something that wasn't a cinematic production in the big screen theater, it may or may not have mattered that you didn't see it. On, yeah. the small, on the small screen or the well, like phone a- screen. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, you can watch it Well, on I TV. was just going to go to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with that, too. But when that first started, there were little nods and references to whether it was Lady Sif and the, you know, Mjolnir or other little things like that that could have been, oh, this takes place in between the events of Thor the Dark World or whatever. <laughs> oh, geez, Malekith. Well, guess what? We None of it matters. Because <laughs> yeah. Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't count. It's not canon. And neither is the Agent Carter show. And mm-hmm. a lot of those fans are very upset, but, it, you know, it's some people are going on like, but why is that the case? Why is this canon and this is not? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and what's, to be completely what's honest. What's the canon criteria? To be honest, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like Depends on which way the wind blows. Let me tell you, you know what else blew? What if season two? <laughs> That's why we're not doing hypothetically speaking. I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show. We're not doing it's it. It's worth a mention almost every podcast. Yeah, we do have everything else, though. I don't care about what if. It exists, and, and yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I don't care. Although the show is pretty great because it brings a brand new uh, indigenous character, the Native American superhero who, Eddie? You said to me, uh, you're going to look it up. I got to look it up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the name either. I just want to bust his balls repeatedly right now. But (laughs) I knew I had. I was ready. You got a cup on? Good for you. Other indigenous characters that have come across the Marvel comic book pages, whether it be Warpath or the Shaman from Alpha Flight. (laughs) Shaman. Or Thunderbird from the X-Men, short-lived character, but go figure. Oh, sure. Well, he came back somehow. The X-Men shit is confusing, too. Yeah, well, that is that is the number one example of how to do a timeline not quite correctly. Can you ever? And <gasps> I don't... The well, X-Men, I, I'm indifferent. You know, I love the Days X-Men. of Future Past maybe was yeah, they passed the way it by. should have been or didn't and might come to pass. But a lot of, of course, sign language throughout all these episodes, these five episodes of Echo, first time... That they've done this all five at once, like oh man, I gotta take a day off from work to binge all this stuff. I did not, but eventually caught up to it and all. And uh, you know, it could be anybody's guess as to why. Let's do all five at once. Why not do one at a time, one per week, five weeks worth? Did Hulu have something to say about that? Who knows? Hulu, Hulu knows. Who knows you, baby? Do 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 nuts. Who are you? Sorry, but we've got again. Phenomena. Oh, that's Muppets. It is. Okay, that's cool. But let's talk about that whole issue of the canon, not canon thing real quick. I'm ecstatic about this, and then on the flip side, I'm thinking to myself, man, this sucks, and i got to watch a bunch of other shit to be really caught up. <laughs> because right now, and it's funny, like I've heard people go on saying, now as a result of this, what is the thing to watch? You know, Can you skip some stuff from the uh, Defenders era? Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. And, it's like, and I've seen, like, what is, what is the best stuff to watch? And... I've seen, like, Jessica Jones to be skipped. I'm like, first off, hmm, you. You know. <laughs> well, you came right down on me when Jess- I watched the first season of Daredevil on Netflix, and, and I was going to go to you. No, Eddie, no, no, you got to go to Jessica Jones next. Yeah. That's the way it goes. It, it is better to do it that way because mm-hmm. then there's the, the tying in and all that good shit. But what gets me about this is people going on saying, 
you gotta watch The Punisher. The Punisher is so great. That show sucks. I'll be completely honest. That show sucks. <laughs> okay. And it's fine to like a show. It's like, I'll say it like this. I would watch Iron Fist season one over The Punisher. That's my hot take for today, I baby. I bet it is. But Iron Fist. Hot bordering on stinky take. Wow. It's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be, but it's like The Punisher is just, you know, Johnny Bernthal going, <gasps> the entire show I'm shooting so a gun. so glad you backed away from the microphone for that. And And I get it. I get it. But again, this is also the first release to debut on Hulu and get a TVMA rating. And it's, we're told, part f- part of phase yeah, five is, of it, the MCU. Well, and then the first series under the Marvel Spotlight but here, banner. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yep. But you mentioned the first show that's TVMA that's part of the MCU. Once again, now I got to keep saying it. No, it's not because we got, you know, it's like retroactively. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. And now when you really think about it, you know, as you've heard, what is the first movie in the MCU ever? It's Iron Man. And then you have a bunch of nerds going, well, actually, we got the Spider-Man movies with Tugboat McGuire. And then we go with Amazing Spider-Man. And it's like, no. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't known then as that. This was the whole point of this. That was when they made the comic book tie-ins and they had the certain black logos and all this other happy horse shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's fine. It's fine. But with this show... I really enjoy the fact that we're going for the Marvel Spotlight branding for this because it's something unique, but I do feel we need to establish what Marvel Spotlight is. Meaning, is this going to be stuff that, you know, has a big deal to do with the canon of the MCU? And by the way, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking Echo Season 1, all five episodes. We do have spoilers coming up because I'm about to drop the big spoiler bomb right now about the post credit scene because we're just going to talk that right now because I'm... If these shows do not matter in the grand scheme of things, like let's say hypothetically speaking, right? And I'm not talking about what if. That show sucks. What (laughs) I'm getting at is if this stuff doesn't matter, does it? Because that post credit scene of leading up to, I'm going to run for mayor. (laughs) Holy shit. That Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, your old pal Petey over here, he's watching that episode and when he goes, sir, like first off, I did not see it the uh, scene until like the next day like I was lucky no one talked on social media about this although to be completely honest Mm -hmm. there's a lot of MCU burnout and I get it so I think that's why I haven't seen much talk about it or maybe they were you know bitching about something with wrestling on my Twitter timeline I don't know today but it was no discussion of it and somebody goes if you're watching the if you've watched the Netflix shows you have to see that post credit scene I'm thinking to myself oh so does do the Defenders show up then? Because they're talking about, you know, it's the the Netflix stuff. I'm like, oh, no, no. It's the fat man from Jake and the Fat Man going on saying, I'm going to be mayor. <laughs> Hell yeah. And. Well, yeah, two things. When you oh. see the uh, the news blurb about it on, what is it, Political Buzz is the show. And the headline saying, New York City race for mayor. No clear front runner. And the reporter is really describing Fisk. As a fight, you know, not directly, but with the words that he's saying, the reporter, a fighter, a brawler, a newcomer, unafraid to take on the establishment. Wait a minute. That means me. And Fisk Fisk looks intrigued. And I go to the other Wilson from Back to the Future. And I go with Mr. Wilson. Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to be Goldie, Goldie Wilson. Oh, Goldie Wilson. Back to the Future. There you go. You're related to him, right? Uh, somehow. Yeah, him and Flip. Yeah. 
How's your cousin Geraldine? And Geraldine. Man, this is like a joke that people, you know, under the age of all long time. Like, <laughs> on the age of 40. If you're if you're over the age of 90, you'll appreciate hey, these now. jokes right. Hey, both of Sir. us Hey, we're cultured. That's why we know it. You stop that. We're cultured. We know culture, that for our reason. Culture club. Well, listen here, you young and I get it. Mm-hmm. But I digress. You're going to get it. Let's talk about the Jeffersons in a few minutes. Whooping. We can talk about uh, Sanford and Son. You big dummy. Buana, buana. We can watch that on Peacock. That'll be our next. You haven't watched that yet. We should. Yo, I would, wait. You've never watched the. You never watched Sanford and Son. Sure, I have. I was gonna say, Jesus. <laughs> There's Lamont. I have. I have. Hell yeah. But anyway, um, in regards to that story, we're gonna be getting you know the next big like. I think right now with the MCU. We were supposed to get a lot of stuff with the Eternals. There's all like there's still that big plot thread about that big stupid thing in the ocean or whatever, you know, from Eternals. It's like no one cares. Like no one's no, I love that no one's asking about that shit. And No, I'm thinking more about what was the end of the whole thing with Star Fox and Pip the Troll. Well that's the only thing I cared about too. Because yeah. it was Harry Styles. Harry Styles rules. And but you know and, and then Orange pa- Cocoon, part, you know. part and I was weird. Yeah. But okay. um what gets me is they're throwing so many dangling plot lines of like these big events. What is going to be the next big event? And I'm thinking to myself now, thinking, thinking, is Mayor Fisk going to be the big thing? Because I'm kind of fine with that. You know, I like that because, like, also, it leads down the line. We could be getting very soon. And, you know, I feel like it's going to get either retconned somehow or they'll do the Disney, you know, magic with this where they make it matter, make you care about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With, you know, for example, like how they took, you know, Iron Man 3 and made you give a shit about it with (laughs) Shang-Chi. So I have a feeling we're going to see something go on with make us give a shit about Secret Invasion. As I go into the microphone. Yeah. I'm a sleepy boy. But no... Because I'm thinking about Secret Invasion, ladies and gentlemen, and that's getting me tired again. Wow. Oh, God, that show sucked. But um, in regards to this, you know, I have a feeling, you know, that maybe they'll do like a retcon or something with the whole scroll bullshit, and we get Secret Invasion, but the Dark Rain portion, where, you know, you have Head well, of okay, S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, okay, then that could, help to, that could help tie in and explain when, let's say, Rhodey- Thunderbolts. Yeah, that, explain the thunderbolts, uh, and and also when, like we saw at the end of Secret Invasion, if you were awake for it, to appease was you, anyone? Well, you think that? Well, when did Rhodey Ro- become a scroll? Didn't whatever, you fall asleep during some of that too? I imagine I did, but I went, <laughs> but I, went back. I can't believe he admitted it. I, I mean, you know, I love it. I have these long days and nights that should end earlier than they do. That's a good song from the seventies, sounded. Sure. Yeah, long days, something else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, Waste, wasted days and wasted nights. That's Freddie Fender. That's the early seventies, seventy-five, maybe. So I want to also talk about the opening of this show, Echo. Okay. I love the theme music, which is "Burning" by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. And you know, there's the meme going on the internet over the last couple of years. If you're watching X Men: The Animated Series, you can't click that skip intro button. Bullshit! I can. <laughs> I'm going to skip that opening. First off, because you're telling me don't skip it. Second of all, you know what? I heard it a thousand times when I was sitting in front of the TV eating a big bowl of stupid cereal. I know it by heart. I know the animation by heart. I'm used to it. I can watch it anytime I want. I'll, you, know, you know what? I prefer the Japanese one better. It's cooler looking. You, know, oh. you really got to look it up. I'll send it to you one day. It's really, one really day. neat. But this one, 
Holy shit. <laughs> I love the hell out of the Echo opening. And, you know, they took a lot of what makes the Netflix shows, such as Punisher, such as Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and they did an opening sequence that's very reminiscent of those style of shows. Yeah. I yeah. noticed it, and I'm like, ooh, I kind of like how this is going. And I'll say it. I thought they did. They they knocked it out of the park. And picking a real song for a theme song was a and a very popular song too was kind of a very unique choice for this show. And I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they went the different direction as opposed to eh, we're just gonna go you know some orchestra piece. You know, have uh, what's his name, uh, Michael Giannetto or Giacano or whatever, uh, Economy Lodge. You know, do this and. No, they they license something out, and I'm like, okay, I can get behind that, and it was good. It's a banger of a song. Why wouldn't you do that? So to see this opening, it was one of those, like, I'll be honest. When it ended at one point in an episode, I was like, you know what? Tap, tap, tap. Played from the beginning again. I was like, I want to watch that opening, Hmm. and I like how they did it. Well, the overtone, of course, being um, indigenous uh, a lot in every episode, music, that was just personally unfamiliar to me. There were a couple of drops that I said, oh, okay, we get to the uh, skating rink, the, skate line. See, that was the scene in the whole show that I knew you would gravitate towards the most. I'll be honest. Like I, if I saw that scene, I'm like, that is Eddie written all over it. Well, that threw me back to my first job as a disc jockey yeah. and at it, a roller skating rink. But I'm talking about, there was a Jay Giles song that yeah, was the in music there. I was talking Centerfold? about. Like, that yeah. was you. I'm like, oh, wow. I know. Yeah, I knew I'm that was there. the song you would acknowledge, by the way. I yeah, knew absolutely. that was the one. And the other one that I'm guessing they couldn't have worked in, but I said, wait a minute, we're talking about an Indian tribe of Choctaw, the Choctaw Nation, um, uh, what you call it, Alakwa Cox being from Language. the uh, uh, Menominee Nation in Wisconsin. But Choctaw, I said, why does that name sound familiar? And it took me back to a song, and it's Ode to Billy Joe. Choctaw Ridge jumped off the Tallahassee Bridge. That was a uh, you know a throwback there. Don't know if that would have worked in the probably not soundtrack either. at all, but <laughs> that was my Choctaw tangent reference, and I'm sticking to it. And what a tangent it was, ladies Thank and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming to my tangent talk. <laughs> <laughs> stop stealing my lines. You owe me a quarter. Oh, stop it. Uh, but um, in regards to a lot of the characters, like I thought the actress who plays Echo did an absolutely fantastic job, and. I will say this, you know, this show, and I say it as a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I always say it like this. This was the show that basically made me realize, man, this is the most like a comic book, meaning you're reading a lot of subtitles, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot of text you're going to be reading on that screen. You you really can't not take your eyes away from the screen. You can't miss anything either. That's what kills me. And what got... um was impactful, I think, or impacted me was that so many times you went in and out of yeah. hearing and not hearing words and actions and trying to understand what people were saying or signing. And certain words and phrases, maybe you, you could have, if you really paid attention, picked up what certain signs mean and could hand sign whatever you know that means, whether it be love or run, go, whatever. 
those those little words are. My wife, I think, knows some uh, to a degree sign language. I know one. Oh. So, and I'm not talking about anything that reflects the... anybody's particular ethnicity. I was going to give the finger. Yeah, that's nice. One of them of five. Yes, this they're one. all together. Okay, right. and this one. Uh huh. Uh huh. Point you the right way. Well, these episodes did vary a little bit in length from 50 minutes to 41 to and 36. God bless them for doing it. Thereabouts and all one word or name um, titles. But the overview, just to get into not too much of the nuts and bolts, because there are five of these for crying out loud, uh, Pursued by Fifth's Criminal Empire, and Maya, let me, and let me just Journey's say this, Home. Let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen. If this was not a pump and dump, we would have actually been doing weekly shows because that was what I was hoping for for this. And don't get me wrong. It is a very bingeable show. Like, I I finished the show, for the most part, by the end of the first night. And, like, I've never done that for a show. And that's a testament of the quality of this show. Like, to be honest, like, I'm going online seeing, like, the reviews over on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like, it was, last time I saw it, was, like, averaging, like, a six, early 60-something, which, that's fine, you know? It's not going to be the greatest thing. But I enjoyed it for what it was. And it had the heart and soul of what, you know, the uh, Netflix shows were. So I was like, cool, I like this. Mm-hmm. But... In regards to like you know, the times, yeah, it was it was pretty much what it used to be with the other shows. You know, like this was like on par, like lengthwise with like Hawkeye. Yeah, if there are now, an hour would be the utmost longest any show would be, but this kept it under. You know, like I said, fifty, forty-five, thirty-six minutes there thereabouts. So, and we get a really fleshed out, so to speak, characterization development. Of of Echo, yeah. You know, she goes back to her hometown in Oklahoma. We didn't, I don't think, had known about this prior. All we knew was that at the end of the Hawkeye series, a shot rings out with Maya confronting Kingpin, and we assume, well, that's it, curtains. But no, because when we get to the end of the first episode, we have the heart monitor going, we have the breathing apparatus, and a side shot of Kingpin looking at the left side of his face. Okay, he's. Still alive. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, Pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice, or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. What we, uh, you know... I, by the way, did you think that he was going to die? <sighs> not, no. I'll be honest, there was a very small part of me that was thinking that, but then I saw, like, you know... Oh, this happened in the comical book. So cool. That's going to happen. That's why he was, you know, wearing the Kingpin goes Hawaiian shirt, you know, from the uh, Spider-Man family business graphic novel by Mark Wade. And I hate that term graphic novel, ladies and gentlemen. You know that. But I had to use it for that because that's what Marvel called. The that's OG. what they call it. You yeah. have to be able to reference it. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I just think that with, with that whole setup, 
like I said, we're getting a really fleshed out character of Maya. We're getting a lot of Indian and indigenous culture and understanding all that stuff. What may be just left to the realm of um, indigenousness, if that's a word, or supernatural perhaps, is this handed down ability channeling in through the hands from the first the Chaffa, I guess, the first Choctaw that we encounter, uh, who, who holding up her hands inside the cave, and, you know, it, it comes through time down through the descending people. You know, yeah. we, we hit uh, characters named uh, Loak, who's this, uh, I'm going to say, female lacrosse player in the second episode. We have Tuklo in the third episode. Tuklo, Mississippi? No, not quite. And uh, Taloa who I believe is, what do you call it, uh, Maya's mother, and then Maya herself. And and just channeling through there and, and these flashback things that are going on in a more, I think, um, palatable way than, and here's one I never really saw because it was just too far out for me, was, whatchamacallit, Xavier's son that was on, um, I think, FX right. way back when. The new mutant stuff. I'm blanking out on his name. Wait. Oh, uh, Legion? Legion. Thank you. The yeah. funniest thing is I'm actually looking on my uh, Disney Plus account right now to see if they actually have Legion available on uh, oh, Hulu. What do you know? And I'm not even hey, looking at Hey, Eddie, if you want to watch it, we can. Yeah, it's an idea. You might, you're going to watch it and then watch like one episode and give up again like you did before? Maybe. I mean, I would do the same thing, so don't worry. I'm not making funny for that. Okay. I, bl- I don't blame you. Okay. I'll make funny for other things. I'm kidding. Just, just put it on the list. What, me making fun of you? Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I like uh, the ingenuity of oh Maya having um, been wounded. This is within the first five, uh, sorry, first episode. Oh, for God's sakes, Niles, I'm uh, wounded. About the five months later after the uh, the shooting of Kingpin and uh, her using dental floss to stitch herself up. And when she does get help from her uncle, Uncle Henry, the uh, the doctor or the nurse that's in the in the in the business skating rink, whatever, says, oh, dental floss, huh? Which wasn't a bad idea. The sign that's reflective politically about make America skate again. Yeah. I mean, I kind skating. of a neat little play or whatever. And the texting that comes up, I mean, it's on shows nowadays. That's that's part of what it is. What people texting? Uh, yeah, and just showing, and I don't know who's called this number, that it shows up that the um, skate attendant is saying, uh, you know, he might have information on the kingpin killer, and if the bounty is still on the table, uh, the 212 phone number, which is just not, I'm sure somebody's tried it. It wasn't me. They probably, what, it's like an actual number number? It's, it's not like a, a 212 two, two, one, two, five, no, five or whatever? No, 212-130-0827. Hold on. And you- <laughs> I'm putting this shit on speakerphone, so hold on. Oh, boy. 1212. One three zero one three zero zero eight two seven. I'd laugh if this was some, but I use the number instead. Your call cannot Ooh. be completed as dialed. Please check the number and dial again. Announcement for welcome to. Ver- what is it telling you? You don't know how to dial a phone? No, it said the number didn't work. It wasn't working. It was. Can that be completed as dialed? Did you mess it up? I'm kidding. No. Okay, I'm not kidding. <laughs> it says one two one two one three zero zero eight two seven. Oh, well. I guess it was like a wrong number or something. Uh, imagine that. Hold on, let's call my mom. What? She can try now? Yeah, call she, wants, n- she wants to say hello. So, hello. 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 Hello, Eddie. Hello. Hi, Eddie. How are you? Okay. All right, good. 
Okay, so that kind of takes us through a good portion, I think, of the um, the first episode. We meet Buckets. What a name. That's all we know him as, I think. And Billy Jack the dog. Okay. Yeah. Because you got to have a dog. And uh, no, you don't. That's not a that's not a deal. I think a great uh, sequence fight scene with Daredevil in it. And again, we get the parts where we don't hear anything. We see what's going on. That's it. And made me wonder. Now Daredevil can't see. Maya can't hear. How how does this work? And it works. I think well in that warehouse fight scene. Because I think Daredevil said I've been you know months working on this. And what are you doing messing this stuff up? Go figure. I will. But for the teaser that we get, I think at the end of the, or actually part of seeing the show, is hearing Fisk saying off camera, you want an empire, you want a war, you'll have it. And, and so we did. And so, you know, that's that's part of what... So it is written, in. so it shall come to pass. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. <laughs> Can't believe I haven't debuted that one on here. Well, you know, it happens. Now I have. Right. Okay. So not that we have the beginnings of lacrosse or anything like that, but we do have in the second episode entitled Loak, where Maya hits back against Kingpin's army, uh, 1200 A.D., the Alabama Choctaw Games. The Alabama Slammer. And, uh, again, channeling a prior ancestor, and evening up the score between the red and the blue teams and so on. And we're not talking rock and sock and robots. Or Halo. That now. Or that, even. Yeah, okay. Well, I think, you know, I want to talk about... So, let's go back over to the first episode of something that we did not touch on. Mm-hmm. Daredevil. We d- I thought we did a little there. Okay. No, we just talked about, you know, the fact of the connection. We didn't talk about the crossover thing with him fighting her. Okay. Nerds on the internet are continually bitching about that scene. Oh, he got beat by a woman. That's what the can't-get-laids-at-home are bitching about this time. (laughs) And you know what? I really don't give, and I can drop one, I really don't give one iota of a fuck what any of you guys think about that. Because guess what? (laughs) Because guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Dropped an iota. Oh, I sure sure did, Eddie. That was an automobile with that name. No. (laughs) It drives me absolutely nuts. And you know what? You do. You guys do know women exist in this world. You know they're the ones that don't want to, you know, respond to your messages on social media or something, or you know, don't you know, go on dates with you if you're you're going to be one of those like blame women for every little thing. That's that's just my little soapbox, right? I, I think with that fight with Daredevil and Echo, like the Grandmaster said, it's a tie. It was no. Well, I mean, he bested Daredevil. Like he stood toe to toe. With like one of the best people that sh- that Kingpin has, so no, he didn't get you know his ass beat. He was only in there for ten seconds. What the hell? Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you know why he's not showing up more? Because he's got his own goddamn show coming up next year or whenever. That's why. You don't need to have, like. Oh, hold on. We got to depart from the show for about you know two to three episodes. It's Daredevil time, but we're just gonna call Echo. No. He's got his own show. That's why he's doing his thing. Oh, then, you know, he looked like an asshole on She-Hulk. You know, that sucked. I hated that show because, you know, She-Hulk twerked, you know. (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, man. Let me tell you, some of the ones... I have more colorful colloquialisms off mic about this conversation. 
but that's you know for a uh, TVMA esque kind of pot. And you know what? The show is right TVMA. I can say some of that stuff. I don't care. But <laughs> <sighs> yes, okay. Um, like I'm sorry. Like that. That shit. That gets my goat, Eddie. I noticed. It gets my goat. It's, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, you're probably going for the insert no, goat, goat sound effect here. No, but, you know, it's funny because, again, we're getting him soon. Who cares? Like, it's going to be cool, but then they're like saying, oh, they're going to ruin, the, sh- they're gonna ruin the, uh, the Daredevil show when it comes out. Then don't watch. Mm-hmm. You have your old memories of the old show. Shut up. Watch the old show. Get off my goddamn lawn. Get off my lawn. Ay, ay, ay. Like, these goddamn nerds are so entitled these damn millennials. You know, I just don't get it anymore. You know, it's like, <laughs> I swear to God. You got to go out and slam the door. That's right. Okay. Maybe I can pick it up where he left off. Uh, I was going to say a little drop, a little mention when we uh, get the first props scene. in the room. Yeah. The pawn shop. Scully and saying, oh, a bunch of merchandise is from Madripoor. Interesting. You did what me and a couple other people, like, when the, there was discussion of this, like, it was literally, oh, my God, you guys, Madripoor, that's where Wolverine, but he's Patch. <laughs> but he's Patch, okay. And then yeah. there's that hot lady, Lady Deathstrike or whatever her name is, she's got the long fingernails. Could you imagine her putting bugles on the end of those? <laughs> you ever have bugles, Eddie? The ranch ones kind of suck. Did you say what? Bugles. Oh, those are nice snacks. Yeah, those you put are... those on the end of her fingers, your long fingers, and she's like, I'm a real witch now. No, the bugles were a little snack. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Little cone-shaped things you could actually try to make a blowing a horn sound through there. No. I, my fingers are too fat. I can't put them on there anymore. No. I, can, but I can get them on pinky. Me too. Happens to the best of us. Yep. I can put them on my toes, but that's disgusting. Unless you have a foot fetish. <laughs> and then it's go time. <laughs> Shall we proceed? Holy shit. Yeah, okay. It's a foot thing. It is. Proceed. Just proceed for the next thing, Eddie. Let me compose myself. Okay. During the second episode, Maya enables tracking on Bucket's phone. And then goes uh, with his moving train. Maya's leg gets stuck. And by calling upon the Choctaw ancestor to free herself, she's able to do that. But then will in turn get a new uh, modification on her uh, prosthetic, which is more um, to her back, back background. That is, uh, I want to say crafted at some point later on in that and carrying over into the next uh, next episode. Sure. Um don't know the significance, but it's called D9X as this shipment that goes kaboom, kerplooey, because Maya has set it up to be rigged to explode. And uh, there's a war, and Henry doesn't want this to happen. And Maya doesn't want Bonnie, her childhood friend, to know about this, but you know that eventually goes kerplooey thanks to Bucket's inadvertent mentioning of Maya's back and so on. And about now we're getting into episode three, and trouble comes to... Tamaha, Oklahoma. We're in the late 1800s. And a lot of, and I just, I had to, because now if you weren't already settled in on looking at reading the sign language that's going on, you really had to pay attention because just like showing a black and white movie, you've got word panels showing up 
where to the effect of in the late 1800s, Indian country was infested with dangerous criminals threatening the safety of the native nations. Tribes established their own police force to bring these criminals to justice. These tribal police were called the light horsemen. And apparently after you get a bang, because that's what happened, somebody is shooting a gun. Yeah, that's how guns usually work, Eddie. All right. Her father was a light horseman, but Tukla was a mighty force all on her own. Quote, the time is right, Father. I am ready to join you. I want to be a light horseman. No women are life givers. Men are life takers. No girls allowed. Right? To give, <laughs> But the response is, to give life means nothing if I cannot protect it. And so she rides away. And so we're told braids are for men, braids are for Choctaw warriors. They will see me not as they think I should be. They will see me as I am. I am what I am, and I am... Popeye. Yam. Strong to the finish. Because I eats me spinach. Yes. Across the plains, the light horsemen are called to action. These are the criminals we've been looking for. A trap. These are the stories of police force or squad. Yes. And then meanwhile, too close senses something, and we go, you know, we go on from there. We do. So, yeah. But again, you know, the stereotypical women's places in the kitchen are making babies or whatever, and this is... Uh, and it is not, ladies and gentlemen. It is not. Thank you. You heard, you heard the fist, right? For effect? The fisting. The, the fisk, it sounded like. Oh, no. Because he's not happy when we get to the end of, I think, this episode. Or definitely by the by the fourth one. You're right. And we have a kidnapping going on here. Uncle Henry, Bonnie. Another sign language conversation, of course. And Maya M- MacGyver's a roller skate into a... <laughs> I thought you were saying Magoo. No, Maya MacGyver's a roller skate into a laser gun of a sort. And how the uh, the deal? This is uh, Vicky, I believe. Where's it? You know, that's about right. And gets shot. That that's probably the most grab because with this rating for violence and so on, that's probably the worst of it. Um, our roller skating attendee gets shot in the back as he's trying to jump back into the back area. I think of the place, and and he's kind of like sprawled out on his back and you know spitting blood from his mouth and. And you get that open, dead stare eyeballs a couple of times. That's probably the most violent and or end upsetting thing I think we have on that. So I think I was expecting worse, which is fine that it didn't happen. Uh, but just to, you know, preface the audience with your content and all that stuff. And the very short use of a Don Henley song. There was a Don Henley song? New York Minute. Yes. Okay, and again, because, that was another one um, I thought of you immediately when I heard the that. Guy, yeah, because and it's it's like it's the ringtone, and it was very short, and it was uh, Zane, the leader of this gang that gets into the rink, gets the phone call. You know, everything can change in a New York minute. In fact, I had to play that one day this week on the radio just because it was good. Uh, yeah, it is. And we get uh, Scully again bringing the Choctaw warrior leg brace. To Maya, where Maya now, I think towards the end of this episode, um, motorcycles out to the cabin, and between a couple of the buildings of the cabins, there's the kingpin. So that leaves you sort of hanging at the end of episode three. 
Return of the... Oh, wait, no, that's Revenge of the Sith. But we get into, what is it, the year 2008 in New York. And, in the uh, year 2008. Maya, as a, as a schoolgirl, wanting to get ice cream, and the guy is actually kind of uh, making fun of her. So Uncle Fist does a beatdown... And, and okay. Maya goes and let's, gets a couple of kicks in also. Like, let's what? Let's talk about this scene. You know, okay. I'll be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it was fine and all. He kicked his ass. I get it. But it's like, I'm so used to that evil piece of shit <laughs> that the Kingpin is. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of bummed me out that we did not get that level of... And you and remember what I'm talking about. That's more the violent stuff, too. What, yeah. from the Daredevil series? Oh, hell yeah. The uh, car door? Cargo, the car door like, head smash. It is still one of those scenes where, like, I, I run a uh, account on Twitter called Goldberg Hart, where it's called "Does Bret Hart like Bill Goldberg, the wrestler?" And one day, somebody, what you know, friend of the show or friend of the uh, the page, commented uh, talking about Echo because he's a big Marvel fan too. Uh, Mercy. And Mercy's talking about it, and I just see a picture of uh, Kingpin, and I, you know, go, "Wow, big dumb or a big bald guy who's uh, known for incapacitating people in the head with massive injuries." Never saw that before, because <laughs> the joke is Bill Goldberg kicked Bret Hart in the head, oh, and then he ruined his career. Yikes! But I always make that joke, I'm like big bald guy. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Cause head injury. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and let me tell you. It was intense, but, like, I remember, like, reading, you know, reactions, I think, like, to a uh, commercial, like, a few months ago. It's like, oh, my God, that was brutal how he, tri- you know, fought her, or fought the guy. Yep, yep. And then I saw, like, this This was the scene from the trailer. I'm like, I didn't watch the trailer. Like, there's a lot of stuff I kind of tend to avoid now because, like, I don't want to be spoiled, but also, like, I like going in blind lately. I've been having fun with that. I'm going to do the same thing with Daredevil, meaning I'm going to poke my eyes out. Um, But no, um, in regards to this, like that fight scene, I'll I'll be honest, guys, I I wasn't that impressed. Like it wasn't, you know, you can do a lot more with Wilson Fisk. You know that. I know that. You know it can be much more intense and brutal. Yes, and there were a couple of spots, I think, with maybe, um, and not sure what was going to happen because we will get to the cabin Fisk and Maya, you know, getting together for dinner like in the old times. Oh, I love that. Where song. that could have happened, and the silverware is dro- the knife is dropped, and oh, who's going to get the knife and do what with? And I got a chuckle know. out of that scene, and I got a chuckle out of. I would like to have dinner like old times. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. It made me laugh, and I like did not like. Let me tell you, man, D'Onofrio once again acting his ass off on this show, <laughs> and I love him for it, and mm-hmm. like. Just seeing him show up, going around being Wilson Fisk, running around doing his thing, being bald, wearing a suit. Oh, like I love that. I love that character. And I think, you know, this, we are in such a great time with this character. So now I'm wondering where we're going to go with him down the line. You know, who's yeah. he going to face off against? Right. Because well, we get, yeah, we get to the end, especially. But again, there's, I'm there's, about the future, Eddie. we are, yeah, yes, you are. Usually, looking forward. You know who it has to be. Thwip. Mm-mm-mm. We need to see it. We Where did the... Well, the next thing I was going to touch on was who's who made the tech that when Fisk and Maya meet up outside the cabin and he goes to a wizard poke her eye out, she is enabled now with a... Um, a wizard did it. 
it's no, it's a, it's I'm calling it an eye implant, but it's actually a piece of tech, an augmented reality contact lens. It was my company, Fisk so that tech. they can communicate without a uh, Fisk sign tech. interpreter. Fisk tech, Fisk tech. Okay, Fisk right. Tech. Borrowed from Tony Stank, perhaps. Yes. My close personal friend. Tony. But in part of the in part of the communication was uh, yes Sunday dinner like they used to, but Maya says it's Thursday. You know so what you that get those, means. You get those little, those little humorous moments to lighten up the situation, and uh, and Fisk, Fisk is saying um, he thinks part of Maya is happy that he's not dead, and the response is no. I can assure you, I wanted you dead. I didn't even know he was sick. See, okay. Well, maybe. Well. And then you know you're maybe building some kind of tension because Kingpin is closing the kitchen curtains, and Maya says I'll open the wine. And what happened to, what does he say? <clears throat> she, she uh, back up. Fist says, what happened to the Lafette, the, the wine? And she says, I poured it down the drain. There was something he was talking about, and I want to say it was the wine. Like, what was, what were they eating? They had wine. What else? Oh, was there a food? Because when he started talking about the food, like, again, I burst out laughing. Like, there's something about, like, I'm trying to be this serious, dignified person. Now, if you excuse me, I have to smash a man's head in an elevator door this time. We're going for all sorts of different doors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Well, why are you here? She's asking. He's saying he has a proposition. You and want an where empire? Where is my horse? Where you want no horse and pfeffer. You want an empire? You'll have it. All you have to do is come home with me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. But we do... <laughs> We do have, among other things, um, you know, just back to what's happening at the Black Crow's skate line, which is actually nothing because it's closed for renovations after the encounter with the uh, the bad guys and so on. And the term that I had not seen, maybe it's in the comic, about the the idea of in the conversation between Maya and Uncle Henry, Maya becoming the queen pin. Yeah. And... You know, there's a moment where I was thinking, I don't know, could she be lured to the dark side for this, perhaps? No. Could that happen? No. But no, I, you know, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, not, no. I don't think that's that's what's happening. Neither Meanwhile, do I. you know, subline story, we have the the tension between Maya and Chula, her grandma, and they're not coming to terms or to talk to each other and find out, well, how can we repair this and what happened? Well, you abandoned me and, uh, you know, you left me no reason to understand what was happening, anything like that. But apparently see, having these visions similarly is helping to figure out, you know, what's what's going on. Uh, biscuit, biscuits rather, at the junkyard, something about... Wait, biscuit a, or basket? Biscuits. No, biscuits. Or no, buckets. Did I write what I say? I must have changed off of my... you kidding me. You, be were kidding you me hungry, even? Eddie? Maybe, maybe... But a junkyard scene and a Lion King reference. Everything the light touches is yours. So, okay. I do like the Lion King. You know that's what it's from, right? Yeah, well, it, it got dropped. At biscuits. That's what I have here. That's what it is. It's, ba- it's, it's Buckets. Ch- it's Buckets, Eddie. <gasps> His name's not Biscuits. I was led down the wrong path. You were just hungry. I. You watch it again. I'm going to tell you what. Well, that you got it wrong that the guy's name is... Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm going to go on Dr. Wikipedia right now. 
Because we I'll, need a we need an intervention. And then I'll edit it if it's wrong or if it's the right one. <laughs> you, yeah, I can do you, Wikipedia I vandalism. Think, I don't care. I didn't think you wanted to do that at all. I would say leave it oh, in. Oh, I love doing vandalism on Wikipedia. It's always fun. Maya cycles to Hold the Choctaw on. Hotel. Yeah. And uh, in Fisk's room with a gun drawn, I, I suspect you've come here to kill me. Oh, son of a bitch! It was biscuits. Thank you again. Not you called them buckets in the beginning of the episode, though. Oops. Fine if it happens. You did call him buckets, and I, I was like, yeah, go buckets. Let's go back. Let's go back. So I suspect you've come here to kill me again. And that was kind of a stifled laugh. It's like a Mr. Bond kind of scene. I suppose. No, I expect you to die, Mr. Bond. And the little speech of in the mallet presentation, freeing me, Fisk used it to kill his dad, and his dad had beat his mom with it. And it's like, whoa, okay, this is getting kind of deep here now. This is heavy. In a, in a way. And uh, this is at the end of, I think, episode four now, where Fisk gets the call and is told, we tailed her, but she's gone. And he gets a little enraged in his private um, parts. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sir. I love that I can get Eddie to laugh at low-hanging fruit kind of jokes. Like I well, lo- Those are the moments I get really proud of for myself. That's where the space, you jump in and take it and own it. Just... Mm-hmm. Jump in the line. Rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you. Lug nuts. Okay. And now, finally, episode five. Fireworks at the powwow. And child Maya, in the beginning, slingshots a woodpecker. Knocks it out of the tree. And mom heals it. Because she didn't want it to die. She just wanted to catch it type of thing. Uh, we have a uh, reuniting of sorts where Chula goes to Scully's shop and gets back the sewing machine years later. Good for him. I know, right? Maya is uh, going out of town. She's got to get away. She pulls into the Roxon Gas Travel Store restaurant and gets rid of the uh, Fisk augmented reality contact lens thingy there. And we have a sighting of a woodpecker that Maya recognizes it being a sign. Goes back to Chula. Chula's uh, place sees her mom. And the echo thing through her. Remember your gifts. All the prior women here. The gifts being strategy, cunning, ferocity, and love. And all are infused into this clothing, this suit that Chula has been working on. Yes. And we do have a, uh, a little bit of uh, info, I think, on a description on that suit. And, of course, the page has escaped me. There's a tree on my so house. Find it. It's, uh, it, well, part of the notes say it's not just a suit, it's a war record. It's a unique and symbolic costume, represents Maya coming into her own and accepting her spot in her real family. It is her saying, I am Maya Lopez, and I echo the powers of the ancestors, not just in my kick-ass abilities, but in the way I dress, the way I braid my hair, and down to the details on my prosthetic leg. Well put. I don't know if we see this suit in the comics either, but maybe in the Daredevil and Echo miniseries, sort of, or perhaps before that. Yes. And uh, and that's, you know, again, a nice tie-in to the culture Everything is on there for a reason, symbolic, etc. 
So we're getting now, thankfully, very much towards the uh, end. It's powwow night. Many are in Indian garb. Maya is somehow in the procession, the parade. And we've got, uh, what is this? Is it Maya inside the, the building where we've got Fisk, Bonnie, Chula, and the whole thing of a betrayal. And we have a sharing of power. Maya extends it to Chula and to Bonnie to, uh, to fight off the men here that are holding them against their will, of course. Fisk is a little outraged and yells out, what did you do? Was it a healing thing? And Fisk is taken away with, with the rest of the guys, the henchmen or whatever. Um, we get a wrap-up. Uh, Maya reflecting, driving to her family and uh, the backyard gathering. Nice touch of um, Marvel Studios acknowledging and uh, like to extend a deep gratitude to the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma for their collaboration on the series. And uh, back we go now to the uh, was a mid credit scene, I thought. Which we already covered, so we won't go back to So that. we're good on that. And Mayor, yeah, that's right. I liked it. I, I honestly overall thought the show was fantastic. And mm-hmm. Some people are going on saying, you know, the, the ending did not stick the landing. And I can understand where they're coming from with that. It does feel a little rushed, and I feel like there were some elements like it needed one more episode to breathe just a little, you know? Um, yeah, perhaps. But for I'm, the most part. I'm not sure what uh, needed more time to to either establish or resolve, tie up. You know, Scully and Chula will get together, I'm, you know, in their olding, uh, older years. Mulder, even. That's uh, Mulder and Scully. X-Files, anyone? So what did you think of the show overall? I enjoyed it. The question I'm having to myself is, will I want to revisit it? I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. You know, like uh, like the second Loki series, which I need to no, have, my, you have my wife watch also to to make that you know determination uh, could be worth noting remembering carrying on the character if it uh, continues to resonate yeah it's possible can dip into the uh, bank of characters again yeah. I, don't, I don't know that it's a one and done it's a one series and done and was it thought that maybe if it wasn't Extended into five weekly episodes, it wouldn't hold interest to people. You think so? I I, I don't. If that's the reason why all five episodes were dropped at once. I think it was a know. test to see how soon people would do the binging because they yeah. they have the analytics for stuff like that. And yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But it's like, come on, man! I don't want to mm-hmm. have to like do a one and done. I really don't. I yeah. don't want to have to like be stuck watching something like. Oh, I got to spend my afternoon watching this whole goddamn thing. Mind you, yes, it's optional media. But when you're doing what we do, it's like. Shit. <laughs> Optionally mandatory. You know what I mean? Like yep. that's why like like I said, I made it I made it not mandatory for what if. I know that for a fact. What if what if was good? I'll mm-hmm. keep saying that. It's okay to like a show, but y'all suffering from COVID. You need that COVID test because of lack of taste. Because that show sucked. That's uh-huh. what I'm getting at, ladies and gentlemen. Cue the vacuum cleaner. Boo. That's a that's a move. 
more. But anyway, it was a, it was a ghost noise. I that's thought. gonna. That's going to wrap up this episode of Untitled Show. We themed around Echo. Echo. For the marvelous time, Peter Melnick. Echo. Melnick. Melnick. And I'm I'm Eddie Wilson. 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 Excelsior. Wilson. Mayor. Yeah.